This message is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. Father, we thank you for this evening. We ask that your spirit is supplied, that life is given to everyone in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So while preparing for today, I came across some of these jokes. So I have my um, midday time where I watch skits. I've said it before. Um, I want to look always younger than my age. So I have my laugh time. So I I'll read some of them to you. So it says, if you see me talking to myself, go your way. I am self-employed, having a staff meeting. <laughs> Understand. Then the second one says, I wish mosquitoes suck fat instead of blood. <laughs> I mean, we'll be fine. Then this last one, if you get it, just keep it to yourself. Says, obese females live longer than the men who said it. If you get the joke, you get it. If you don't get it, forget about it. Forget about it. Why are you impressed by the devil? Why? Why are you impressed by the devil? That's what I want to talk about. That's the title of what I'm going to be talking about. So I wrote here, when you complain, it proves nothing. It just says that you have the capacity to hear a spirit being, that being the devil. When you complain, it proves nothing. It just says you have a capacity to hear a spirit being, and that is the devil. So you can hear. The person you are hearing is just different. Is the devil. How many of us are on Instagram here? Raise your hand now. It's not, this is not an exam question. And it's not a trick question. Uh, please, there's not going to be any gift for it. So just get used to it. Um, it's only the senior pastor that has that capacity to do this kind of Yes. Um, if you're on Instagram, then you do certain things. You're not the only one on Instagram. The devil is also there too. In my thinking, I believe that he gets likes from so many people. You give him likes. You share his posts. You share his images, you share what he says, you share certain things he talks about. But why are you impressed by what he's sharing? Why are you impressed by what he's putting out? Why? Because if you go to TCN page and you see a tweet by pastor or a post by pastor, it is because you believe in what he's saying or you like what he's saying or what he's saying resonates with you. So that is why you say, let me share this. Let me put this on my status. Let me send this to friends. 
So we do the same thing for the enemy. We share. We push out what's up. Everything we... So he gets likes from us. And I'm sure when he studies his algorithm, he will be doing very well. The only thing is just that I'm not sure he's being paid by Meta or any of these places. He will have been earning a lot of money just from relating with people, especially believers. Let's open to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. It's a very simple thought that I will just share with you and then we'll worship again. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. It says, do not give the devil what? Please, let's read it together. Read it confidently. So let me read it from Passion's translation. I believe they can get that to us. It says, don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to do what? Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. So it means that you have to hand him that power. You have to open your phone in the morning and scroll through. So instead of you waking up and going beside your bed, kneeling down to pray, to worship, to study the scripture, you're on Instagram and then darts have been thrown at you. He's giving you images, information, and a lot of things, and then you are sharing them. Why? Are you impressed by what he's sending across? How come you have gotten to that point where what you have been told about yourself is not as important as what he's sharing? Now, you can do some of these things unintentionally because um, I have unintentionally clicked on something on Instagram sometimes ago, and then my wife drew my attention to it and said, you like that stuff. Do you believe in that thing? Okay, so I went back, and then, lo and behold, ah, no, this couldn't have been me. So, there are times that you will not pay attention. You will be distracted, and you can be drawn into what the person, so the image may look right, but the write-up and every other thing around it would not be saying what you stand for. So I wrote here, I said, if you are impressed by the enemy, it means you like darkness, whether you like it or not. Jesus did not do the opposite of what Satan was doing. Jesus was always doing what he saw the Father doing. I repeat, Jesus didn't do the opposite of what the Father was doing, of what, this, of what Satan was doing. He was doing what he saw the Father was doing. So more often than not, you can encounter a situation 
And the response will be to gather people to bombard the gates of heaven. Seemingly, in the guise of intercession. But is that the response of the Father to that particular thing? Is that what God would want you to do? The moment I have a lesser sense of him and a greater sense of the problem, I will live in a reaction to the enemy. The moment I have a lesser sense of God and a greater sense of the problem, I will always be reacting to the problem. He lived his life, that is Christ, according to the dictates and plans laid out by God. It is the reason why he said, it is what I see my father do that I do. John chapter 5, verse 17. Let's read. John chapter 5, verse 17. But Jesus answered them, My father walketh hitherto, and I walk. 18. Therefore the Jews sought more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Making himself equal with God. The challenge is that the more you become aware and you become conscious of who you are in the Father, there are certain statements you will make that will look blasphemous to certain people that will look like pride. Jesus would say, I am the way. Without being afraid, he will say, I am the truth. He will say, my bread, my body is meat. My blood is drink. Fearing nobody. So can you make categorical statements about yourself in that light of what God has said about you? Or what you know of you is what you have read from Satan's Instagram, like I said. You understand? Verse 20. Let's continue to read. For the Father loveth the Son and show him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel. 21. For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Categorical statements about himself without ambiguity. 22. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. It's, that's why the Jews were worried. How can someone be this bold about himself without recourse? So you are technically saying you have almost the same signing authority as God. But that's what he said about you and I. All power is given unto me. That's what a portion of this, a, a version says, but another version says, all authority is given unto me. And the same has been given to you because 
you are joined with him. So I ask again, why are you impressed by the devil? So there are a lot of people who are impressed by the devil in the Bible. But the first person is who? We all know. Eve. Let's open to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3 from verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, Yes, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Verse 2. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. So, verse 1 is our major focus. We are, the enemy said, at God said, so what you will face as the temptation is an adulteration of what has been said about you. The major truth will not be removed, but it will be altered in a way that you will almost believe it. Jesus was told, if you are the son of God, turn this bread, this stone to bread. So, <laughs> it is left for Jesus to accept that I am the son of God, so I will turn this stone to bread. But the real thing, the battle, is that your identity is being questioned. Who you are is being placed on the line. So the moment you believe the liar, what do you do? You empower that liar. Once you believe a lie, you have empowered the liar. So once you believe what the enemy said about you, that is almost true, but not totally true, you have empowered that statement to become valid in your experiences. So, what Eve was told was not outrightly wrong, but it was an adulteration of what God told them. Another person that was impressed by the enemy was Elijah. Elijah, because of time, I will just run through. Elijah killed the prophets, brought down fire, did mighty miracles. But there was a queen that said, allow me to deal with this person. And then the same person who was fiery, who had the capacity to bring down fire from heaven, went and hid himself in a place. How can you 
descend from that height to that depth just within few moments. How can you lose focus of what has been said about you? Another person that was impressed by the enemy was John the Baptist. I'm sure you are shocked, but let me explain. A time came when John that came to introduce Jesus, that was the forerunner of Jesus, that said, I must do certain things about his coming, that prophesied the coming of Jesus, that was the only one in the whole world as at then that has the capacity to identify Christ, got to a point where he sent his disciples to meet Jesus, to say, are you the one that we should be expecting? How can you switch from what you have been told about yourself to what the enemy is showing you? He was impressed by the enemy. Another person that was impressed by the enemy are the 10 spies. You know, there are 12 of them, the 10 spies. The two said, we can go. They are meat for us. We can deal with them. The 10 said, no. There are giants in the land. They will kill us. They will deal with us. They will do this. They will do this. They will do this. But we all know the end of the story. So, when you become impressed by the enemy, there's only one thing that is happening. Your identity is questioned. You are doubting who you are in Christ. Just know it. So why do people become impressed with the enemy? Why do people get to the point where they become impressed with the enemy? Psalm 34 from verse 1. Psalm 34 from verse 1. Let's read. A psalm of David when he changed his behavior before. Okay. Who drove him away? Okay. It's actually started from. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Verse 2. My soul shall make a boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Verse 3. Let us read together. Verse 4. Read. Verse 5. Read. Verse 6. Um, verse 6. Well, I mean, verse 6 is where I want to stay with. Verse 6. Read it again. Verse 
So the poor there is not poverty. <laughs> it's poor in spirit, contrite. This poor man cried, and the Lord saved him from all his troubles. When we lack a detailed understanding of the goodness of God, then we have the capacity to become impressed by the enemy. When we lack a detailed understanding of, the, of how good God is, then we have the capacity. That's why it says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Matthew chapter 7 from verse 11. If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? If you, being evil, the evil is not evil in the context of sin. The evil is in the context of man that is created less. And he's saying, if you, being evil, know how to give good things unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? So when we have a good understanding of the goodness of God, we won't be impressed by the enemy. So those who become impressed by the enemy are those who lack an understanding of the goodness of God. Number two is people who become impressed by the enemy walk away from the God-ordained company for them. When people walk away from the God-ordained company for them, then they have the capacity to become impressed by the enemy. Examples, Lot. Examples, David, when he was on the upper roof, when men were going to war. So, there are God-ordained company for you. And like Pastor will say, uh, online church, so when you are supposed to be in church, in service, you are doing online church. There will be time when you will have to, because of work or certain things. But when you think that you can neglect that company, then there are prizes to be paid for that. Then you should have covenant fellowships, covenant Friends that you pray together, you share together, who can look at you dead in the eyes and say you are wrong. So when people walk away from God-ordained company for them, they have the capacity to become impressed by the enemy. And then, of course, the third one is prayerlessness. Prayerlessness. The scripture will say, ask until your joy is full. That's in John chapter 16. Ask until your joy is full. So if your joy is not full, then because you are not asking. In another place, it says, pray that you enter not into temptation. Matthew chapter 26. So if there is temptation around you, then the prayer level is down. In another place, it says, you have not because you ask not. So if you don't have, then it means you have not asked. 
That's in James chapter 4. So, three things which you can term the cost of prayerlessness. That those whose joy are not full is because they have not asked. Those who enter into temptation repeatedly is because they are not praying. Those who have not is because they have not asked. So, prayerlessness is a route to becoming impressed by the enemy. So, enduring in the place of prayer should be fueled by an intense understanding of God's nature and his goodness. So, when you say you don't have the capacity to pray, you don't know how to pray, you lack the energy to pray, it's because his goodness, you have not seen his goodness, you, have, you don't understand his goodness. So, it is easy to become impressed by the enemy. So, Please, our response to this is simple. We don't want to be impressed by the enemy. We should not be impressed by the enemy. Right? Habakkuk chapter 3. Habakkuk chapter 3. Habakkuk is a book in the Bible. (laughs) Yes, because, you know, because scriptures are projected these days, so people don't flip again. So we have to say these things. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. Yeah, everybody read. Pause. This looks like a place, right? This picture seemingly looks like a place. No, no, no. Fact. Fact. Just calm down. Fact. This picture looks like a place, right? Say it now. Ah, hey, all this, this, this is serious. It looks like a place. Verse 18. Yeah, let's read. Again, read it confidently. Read it again. 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 Why? Why? Why would you rejoice? When verse 17 does not look like it. Let's look at verse 19. Let's look at verse 19. Why? That's it. Hallelujah. So, verse 17 does not look like it. Your response is verse 18. Because verse 19 is sure. So, your response is not because of verse 17. Your response is because of verse 19 that you are sure of. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So, 
you know who your father is, that is what measures your response, not the environment. So that's why you will sing. That's why you will rejoice. For many listening to me, the beginning of your breakthrough is when you begin to stop or when you start to stop being impressed by the seeming size of your challenges. You are not denying the fact. You are just not giving it life. You are a life-giving force. So what you say, what you decree, what you say about that is giving life to that challenges. So stop shaking in the presence of sickness, failure, fear, and pain. Stop dignifying the enemy. Stop being impressed. When you see a report that is contrary, stop speaking in hushed tones. Just walk away from it. Why? Don't be impressed. What you are not impressed by, you just do what? You ignore it and walk away from it. So refuse to dignify anything that is inconsistent with the will of the Father. I repeat, refuse to dignify anything that is inconsistent with the will of the Father. Finally, our response. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. Colossians 3 verse 2. Let's read it together. Again. Sir, my, my timer. How many of us have been kept awake at night because of certain things you are going through that you have to sit down and think and pray how many of us? Raise up your hand. Good. So we all know how to meditate. That's beautiful. It shows we all know how to meditate. What we just need to change is the subject of your meditation. So you know how to, everybody knows how to meditate. Once you can stay awake throughout the night, thinking, that is meditation. What you are just meditating on is what we should change to align with the will of the Father. Are we together? So, set your mind on what? On things above. What is in alignment with what God has said about you? Psalm 33. This is the one I love. This is the one that has been exciting me in the last two weeks. Psalm 33, verse 1. Our response. Read. Again. Verse 2. Verse 3. Ah, 
there's no loud noise here. Let me read verse 1 here. It is time to sing and shout for joy. Passion's translation. Listen. It is time to sing and shout for joy. Go ahead, all you redeemed ones. Do it. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. The scripture said it. It said, praise him with all you have. For praise looks lovely on your lips. Then verse 3. Verse 3. Compose new melodies that release new praises to the Lord. Pray is praises on instruments with the anointing and skill he gives you. Sing and shout with passion. Make a spectacular sound of joy. So hold on. Don't do it just here. So when you get home and you lock the door behind your room, do it. Is it easy? No. But do it. Can you do it crying? Yes. Just do it. You are sobbing. <laughs> do it. He said, you are redeemed. Right? Yes. Are you redeemed? Yes. That's all that matters. Yes. I said, don't be impressed by the enemy. What matters is what he says you are. You are redeemed? Yes. Do you have faith? They are not sure. Do you have faith? Yes. Are you redeemed? Yes. So if you are redeemed, you have faith. It's automatic. So do it. Do you understand? So are you ready to do a little tonight? Are you ready to do a little tonight? Don't live in a reaction to a problem. If you live in a reaction to a problem... You are giving the author and the inventor an influence over your thoughts and experiences. So refuse to fear. The moment you refuse to fear, the devil knows he is finished. So he will fight back. He's not going to. He doesn't always go without a fight. He would fight back. He would throw thoughts. He would throw things at you. So the scripture says, resist him. What did he say? Resist the devil and he will do what? So there's only one thing you are supposed to do with the devil. You can't be impressed by him. There's only one instruction that you are given to do of the devil. What? What? Yes. So it doesn't always have to come in. I resist you in the name of Jesus. I said it to you. It will come with you Focusing on things above, it will come with you singing with joy. It will come with you singing a new song unto him. Are we together? Are we blessed? So stand up on your feet. Choir, please. This is not my office again. 
but I want to sing this song. They will, they will follow it, follow me. I've been, that's why I say, um, I've been thinking about that. This song by, another song by Michael W. Smith. We are singing majesty, majesty. Your grace has found me just as I am. As we go through this pruning and this this journey we receive strength to meditate on your word we receive strength to focus we receive strength and we receive ears to hear the strategies that you only give in the name of Jesus amen <laughs> 